0: Hey, welcome to Humans and Magic, the show where I talk to magic players about life, magic, and everything in between. All I can promise you are deep conversations about all aspects of life where we go into whatever topics that they enjoy. If you're listening to this, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that uh, this is a little bit different from other magic podcasts you may have listened to, but I'm hoping that you'll give it a shot. If you really like what you hear, my only only request is for you to spread the word. Please share the podcast with your friends and uh, people who you think may enjoy the episode. Uh, I'm not doing any ads, not doing anything like that. I just hope that you can spread the word. So today I am back with the first episode after a long, long hiatus. I've been out of the podcasting recording game for, it's been a few months at least. There's a couple of reasons for that. I, I uh, got married. I was busy with my career. I was thinking about what I wanted to do. But in the end, I decided, I think doing this magic podcast is kind of fun. I do enjoy talking to people. And I do think that it's hopefully interesting for you as a listener. So uh, after this long, long hiatus, I finally got in contact with someone who I had wanted to interview and talk to for a long time. It's Christian Calcano. Tocano is this just amazing grinder, magic pro, but what you may not know about him is that he's very deep and very introspective. These are things that you don't see, you don't know as you're listening to commentary, as you watch him play matches of magic. And uh, even though this is the first time we talked, he came highly recommended from another guest I had on the show, and we just went into all kinds of stuff. It actually surprised me a little that he is actually thinking about stepping away from the game for a little while, Uh, his love of basketball, I think we bonded a little bit over that, and there's a lot of other cool stuff, his uh, mindset, his ups and downs, his life growing up in New York City, his friendships with different players. Anyways, enough about that, let's just get straight to my talk with Christian Calcano. guys today on humans and magic we have a very awesome accomplished guest goal level pro Christian calcano hey man how's it going uh not bad How are you good good man I'm just really excited that you could uh, join join us today and uh, talk a little bit about you know what you've been what's been going on with you lately you know
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: so uh, whereabouts are you? Re- whereabouts are you right now? I-, I know it's like super early in the morning for you, so thanks for doing that. I'm just curious, like what part of the United States are you located right now?
1: Yeah, I live in New York City. The big, a-
0: yeah, the Big Apple. The Big Apple. So you did you grow up in New York City, or is that just been your home all along? No, yeah, born and raised, man. Nice, nice. So I take it you're a Knicks fan.
1: Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We gotta talk about the Knicks in a little bit, but uh, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, how how how's how have things been for you? Let's just say like this week, because this is probably the first time we've talked. Uh, I just want to get to the lo- know a little bit about what's been going on with you lately, like just in terms of you know what's been going on in your mind, like anything interesting happened in the past couple of days or even the past month or so.
1: Um. Well, I've been thinking a lot about um my future in general. You know in regards to magic and what i plan to do for like you know the next six years of my life etc and yeah i just you know kind of come to the conclusion that uh i need to take a bit of a step back from the game so that's mostly what i've been thinking about now and just uh you know what to do with my time otherwise and how to best execute that, and yeah, just uh, try and, uh, you know, just try and think a little more about my future, which um, I I didn't think about much. Uh, I'm 28. I'll be uh, turning 29 in uh, in about like five months or so. Okay. And you've been doing
0: Magic for a very, very long time, right?
1: Yeah, like uh, I was first uh, introduced to the game at the end of 2003, And then I started really playing at the very beginning of 2004 and kind of never looked back since then.
0: So, I mean, just looking on the outside, I mean, uh, of course, there's a lot going on in here that, um, you know, everyone, there's a lot going on for everybody. But just looking at your accomplishments and the fact that you had a top eight at the Pro Tour this year, it seems like you should be on a real high. And I'm super curious now you did say that you are thinking about maybe taking a step back and reevaluating possibly, like, is there something that happened recently or that, or it's just been brewing in your mind, like about how you're going to maybe take the game of magic a little bit differently going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, this kind of really started back at the end of the previous season, uh, like right after pro tour Sydney, um, there's a pretty rough pro tour for me and, and my teammates, but, um, Yeah, like, you know, I've, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've unfortunately, like, brewed up uh, a lot of debt over the years, you know, traveling to so many Grand prix and stuff, and, you know, like, going to Sydney, like, kind of have to borrow money to get through the trip, and then, like, the next pro tour after was in Hawaii, which I knew was going to be, uh, you know, yet another expensive place, because Sydney was pretty expensive as well, so basically you know i just started to come to the realization that um you know i'm almost 30 now and i kind of need to kind of take control of that part of my life you know i can't just keep uh you know expecting it to work itself out so you know because that was that usually was like my mentality was like all right well you know if i just like win this grand prix i'll be good or you know stuff like that and Yeah, you know, I just realized that I can't really think that way anymore and that I have to, you know, kind of like set a higher priority to uh, secure my uh, future. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand. I mean, you're probably doing something that a lot of people would consider to be the dream, like people who are really into magic competitively. But at the same time, there might be a lot of financial reasons why it might be the most prudent thing, right? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, basically, I mean, you know, I don't regret anything. I'm very happy with my decisions up to this point. Granted, like, you know, they weren't always the best decisions and, you know, I would kind of, like, you know, think with my heart rather than my head. But, um, you know, I still, you know, I I clearly, like, I love the game and I love the Pro Tour and the competition and... You know, I've, you know, I wanted to try and like be the best and yeah, I just, um, you know, I just realized that now I have to like prioritize that a little less and focus on other other things in life right now.
0: So give me an example, I mean, because you're essentially a full-time pro slash grinder, I mean how many hours a week do you spend actually preparing and thinking about and playing in magic
1: tournaments? Um well, the honest truth is that outside of the pro tours, very little. I I don't play much magic online. Um I play every now and then, but nowhere near as much as like people might think. Like I probably play on average like I don't know, maybe like 5 to 10 hours a week um tops and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do actually have a job here in New York, so magic, you know, magic is very little, I would say a very small part of my income, you know, so, yeah. Would you consider magic a job as well for you? Um, No, not really, to be honest. Um, You know, it's more so just like what I'm most passionate about and... I obviously take it seriously, and clearly the money that I win every now and then at some events, like it, it just helps get through, you know, whatever financial needs I might have at the time, and helps get get more tournaments, stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's definitely not not my main source of income, and like I don't I don't write articles and or any of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I just you know I just play. You know, I just play because, you know, I love to I love to compete on the pro tour. And, you know, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much what I'm doing.
0: OK, uh, I, I got to ask. So was there something like you, you mentioned that last year in 2016, like you had some trips that they, they sounded amazing, right? Because you're going with your team, you're going to Hawaii and different places, you're having the time of your life. Great memories, like you said. There's no regrets around that. Uh, on the other hand, there's a kind of uh, cost of travel and you know taking away from your schedule. I, I, I presume your time in New York and with your day job. Um, and then you win the the G, uh, not win, but you top eight the GP uh, this year. It is it is it also kind of a stage in your life where, without kind of putting words in your mouth, I'm just trying to understand. Where you feel like you've already accomplished a lot in this kind of uh, pro tour scenario that that's also why you're thinking about taking steps back.
1: Um. Uh. First, I want to say I think I assume you meant the top eight, the pro tour this year. Yes, that's it's, right. It's my, been, it's my apologies. Been, it's yeah. it's, been, it's yeah. been a while since I top eighted GP. <laughs> but um. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um. No. No. that's no, fine. But no. Um. Not at all. Honestly. Um. People. You know. Some people might see it as that just because you know. People might be surprised that, like, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm taking a step back, etc. Is it because you're done? You know, you're, you're, are you you you've done what you set out to do? And no, that's that's you know, it's definitely uh, could not be further from the truth, actually, because you know, I still have, uh, I still have like the dream of making the Hall of Fame one day, because you know, uh, regardless of what I do going forward, Magic has clearly been you know, the thing that has had the largest impact on my life. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And um, so, yeah, I definitely want to hopefully achieve the highest honor you can get in the game, which is, you know, be elected into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I'd also really love to win a Pro Tour. And clearly winning a Pro Tour would help towards that end goal of making the Hall. But, um, you know, those are... Those are like probably the two biggest things that I want to eventually accomplish in my career one day.
0: And I think it's also kind of uh, it's kind of tough. Like it's, I feel like I'm guilty of this right now. It's just talking to you. Like I'm sort of judging or creating a narrative of you in my mind that can be different from how you're actually feeling. And so I, I feel like it's 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 tough. You know, like in life we always create narratives for ourselves and for other people. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, like a lot of people, you know, they they might think that uh, you know, being a pro a pro player, that uh, my life is a lot different than what it actually is. You know, just because you know, you see all these guys playing playing all these grand prix all over the world, playing these pro tours, making top eights, winning events and stuff, and you know, it's great and all, but at the end of the day, um, like being a pro player and kind of, you know, only, only playing tournaments, so like not providing any kind of content or, any content or anything like that, um, it's quite difficult to make a, a reasonable amount of money, you know, as a living. So, like, in even. Even like the very like best, like the top one percent players, like even even those guys, like clearly, you know, when you have your guys that go on, you know, super good runs, win pro tours and stuff like that, like you know, yeah, like that's that's a real amount of money right there. But um, you know, obviously, it can't be overstated, like how difficult it is to win a pro tour or a world championship. So you know, unless unless you're one of those very you know few people that get to do that you know every year then you know it's it's tough to kind of rely on magic as your main source of income and not to say that people don't do it there are some people who do it but when you look at it there really aren't that many you know it's probably like i don't know anywhere from like 20 to 30 people in the whole world that get to actually do that and i'm definitely not one of them yeah, you're you're right.
0: I mean, they're probably all doing content creation and trying to monetize off of that. Is is that something that you've considered as well as being a content creator? Because you come across as someone who's very well spoken. Like in the when I was trying to research for this, I I, I saw some of the interviews you had, uh, and we're talking now. I get a sense of that. I mean, is that something that interests you at all, or it's or it's just not your thing?
1: Um, generally, it's not really my thing. Um, you know, I'm actually not like the best at articulating my thoughts very well but um especially when it comes to writing and you know throughout my life like writing in general hasn't really been my thing especially if i am not particularly interested in talking about anything so like the very the very like handful the few like handful of articles that i have written they've been when i've really you know i've had something to say it's like uh, I wrote an article about like blue white contr- like blue white flash like last year, and um, I wrote like a tournament report from like the first Grand Prix I won, and then I wrote, uh, I wrote about uh Doran and modern like 20 like 13 or something in 2014, and that's just about that's pretty much like all I've done like article wise. Mm-hmm. So you know, very clearly not uh. Not any real amount of uh, content on my end. But yeah, it's just generally never really been my thing. Like, I don't really like, um, you know, having the feeling of like, I need to write this article or something like that. You know, I've never, you know, like the worst would be for me to kind of like have to force a topic or something and then not be able to produce like a good article simply because you know, I didn't really know what to say or I wasn't very interested in what I was talking about or so. So yeah, that's kind of why I've never really done much of that. No, I mean,
0: you're totally right. I mean, I just just kind of two things, right? Like one, when you look at people who do content creation, it's like an obligation, right? I mean, they they literally have to do something every week. So you'll see that even the best content creators, they'll have like one brilliant article, but they'll have a few weeks of just like, I didn't really need to read this, you know, like, so I yeah, hear what you're saying. Exactly. It's like, you only write when you feel like the inspiration, when you feel like you got, to, you can bring something to the table, you really feel it, you feel like you have something to contribute. I, th- I That's what I'm hearing you say, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like that, that, like um, the last article I wrote, which is the Blue Light Flash one, that was like last October or so. And, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even, it wasn't even published on the website. Like I literally just kind of like posted it as a Facebook note and just like made it public and tweeted it and stuff. And you know, like my my whole thing for it was that you know I, I came. It was like right after Pro Tour Hawaii, and there was a couple of couple of Grand Prixs uh, in one in Europe and one in South America, and they were that coming up that weekend. And I felt like, all right, I want to write about Blue White Flash and I want people to be able to see it like before the Grand Prix because I know there'll be a lot of people interested in playing it, etc. And, you know, I tried to shop it around a bit, but uh, kind of like the best thing I found, uh, they, you know, it was since it was, you know, kind of like out of the blue, mm-hmm. they weren't really like, prepared to, like, you know, take it and publish it, etc and they were telling me like oh you know okay we can we can do it next week but you know my whole purpose was you know it wasn't even really about the money it was about like people getting to read it before these two big events so yeah timely you know, right up, yeah yeah i just took it i just took it upon myself to just post it publicly instead so that people who were playing in those events would be able to read it before and then you know cuz cuz after the events then I feel I felt like the article would really not you know not mean much because there weren't many standard tournaments after that so yeah I mean I'm happy I did it' because I got a lot of got a lot of good compliments on it and you know people who told me who played it that weekend they're like hey thanks a lot like I won this like tournament or whatever or you know et cetera you know it was good to see all that
0: yeah for sure I think I think it's it just feels to me like you know yourself really well and that's something thats uh you're not trying to be someone who you're not like I know a lot of people they it may not be very natural to self promote or to like write an article every week but then they feel like oh I gotta do this because you know a it's a job and b because that's what people expect of me and I feel like you 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 strike me as someone who is very like more down to earth and you you, you're very honest with yourself like just the way you come across like you're you know you know what I mean like it just it doesn't feel like you're trying to force anything so I, I really like that just observation
1: yeah, that's kind of how I try and carry myself every day, really. So, I, I like to like kind of just go
0: back in time to kind of the, <laughs> the very beginning. You know, obviously, you said you grew up in, born and raised in New York City, but can you give me a little bit of background on sort of uh, your childhood, your family, where exactly in New York you're from, and just kind of start from the beginning. Just kind of let me understand, like, Christian Calcano, the person, you know?
1: Yeah, so... I I grew up in uptown Manhattan, like the very the very like uh northern tip of Manhattan, which is a a community called Inwood. And it's very um it's generally a Hispanic neighborhood, like a lot of Dominicans, you know, my family is Dominican. And um yeah, like growing up, um, you know, it was wasn't really like I wouldn't say it wasn't like the best of areas but uh it wasn't like too crazy and um yeah you know just went to I went to the all the, the local schools there like you know my my kindergarten my elementary school my middle school they were all within three blocks of each other like from my from where I lived and um yeah I just uh like you know growing up there was nice we had a pretty nice park and you know, when I turned nine years old, I started going to little league and playing baseball. Cause you know, uh, being Dominican, baseball is kind of like the main sport that Dominicans enjoy. And um, yeah, so I was you know doing that. I was wa- I, I watched a lot of baseball as a kid. I really wanted to be uh, a baseball player. And you know, I'm, I'm a Mets fan unfortunately <laughs> also
0: unfortunately
1: right yeah 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 it's 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 rough being a Mets and a Knicks fan in New York that's for sure yeah um but yeah you know um uh when it comes to like when I was like a, a very little kid small child um I don't know I was always kind of like the one that was like picked on and stuff you know I you know wasn't uh yeah I mean I don't know I, I, I had some friends though so, like I wasn't like you know I wasn't like uh, I didn't have really much issues making friends or whatnot but I guess you could say I was like always like a little bit of an outcast you know and that kind of you know continued as I grew up. What about and, your uh, mom
0: and pop? I mean, what did they do?
1: Um, well, my dad was uh, like when I was a kid he. Drove a taxi and also was in the restaurant business. And then um, it's funny that you ask now, but, like, I don't really know much about what my mom did back then. But, like, now she's a assistant teacher at a public school here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, you know, I, I grew up there up until I was 13. And then my mom, myself, and my sister... We moved uh, we moved away, and we moved to downtown Manhattan, where I live now, mm-hmm. in uh, Chelsea. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really get along too much with my dad anymore, but, um, you know, I guess, uh, like, it's weird. Like, my life at home is, uh, I would say it's not... It's not the greatest, but, uh, you know, it's home and, you know, I live with my mom still and, yeah, I mean, it is, I guess, (laughs) I guess it is what it is.
0: Yeah, it is what it is, man. Life can be uh, very, uh,
1: well, it's complicated for all of us, right? Yeah, no, everyone, obviously everyone has, you know, all, everyone has things that they have to deal with, of course, and we all just kind of have to get through it as we, you know, level up in life, so to speak. Oh, for sure, man. Uh,
0: so yeah. so you kind of grew up in that area, and you went to school, and you're really into baseball. I mean, what was it like for you kind of entering high school? And, uh, I, I mean, I can kind of understand maybe you were competitive around sports and baseball around that, but uh, I'm just wondering, just kind of moving through the life of uh, Christian here, like, what was high school like for you?
1: Um... Well, it was different because high school I ended up actually going to downtown, which is a Union Square area, which is like pretty, you know, densely populated area. Because you know, people when people think about New York, you know, obviously they think about like super busy streets, like thousands of people, etc. But where I lived uptown when I was a kid, like there weren't that many people. Like you know, of course there'll be people like everywhere walking, but. You know, we're not talking like thousands of people. We're talking about like, you know, hundreds or, at most or whatever. Because, you know, it wasn't like... It's not like the most populated area of New York. But, um, yeah, like going downtown. Like, you know, I'd been down there as a kid. My mom, like, she would go like shopping and stuff. I'd go with her. But I was, you know, it was kinda the kind of definitely like kind of a new experience for me to be like downtown like regularly more often. And then shortly after I started going to high school in 2002 is uh when we moved downtown permanently and uh, like towards the end of 2002 but uh yeah that's kind of was that
0: because of your school area or was it because of other reasons that your your family moved over there
1: no yeah it was because of uh we ended up finding a pretty nice apartment down here and you know my um uh, my mom had been looking to move us out for a while and yeah as soon as she found that apartment she just took us and you know we went we were on our way nice um, yeah yeah
0: so uh do you remember like what were some of your favorite activities back then maybe hobbies uh it doesn't have to be magic but I'm, we can talk about it in a second but uh just i mean i really want to get get a chance to know like kind of what 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 your time was like there? Like, what did you like to do? Like, did you go to class all the time? Did you have any favorite teachers?
1: Your time ta- like- ta- 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 on high school?
0: Yeah, yeah, just in high school.
1: Um, well, high school was kind of tough for me. Um, my freshman year was pretty good. Um, you know, I um I started playing. Well, so before I right before I went to high school, so when I was still living uptown, there was this uh, game store that I went to. Um and it wasn't like a game store, you know, you have like tables and stuff. It was just like a, a re kinda like a retail store that or a wholesale store that sold like cards and stuff. And you know, I started I started playing Yu Gi Oh at the time but I didn't really know how to play very well. I uh, just kinda like like the cards from the show and stuff. And um yeah, I um but I started to play a little bit and then when I went to high school you know, I ended up meeting other people who played as well, and then they told me, one of them told me about this store that was only a couple of blocks away, which is called Forbidden Planet, and this is a comic store, and back then, they had, like, a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! tournaments. So that's kind of how I first really got into uh, competitive gaming, because, like, when I played Yu-Gi-Oh! back then, you know, when I still lived uptown, like, you know, no one really knew what they were doing, like, I didn't know what I was doing, Mm -hmm. like, So, like, while I was a competitive person in general, you know, because of sports and stuff, I didn't really have much of an idea of how to play. But uh, going there, you know, meeting new people, talking more about, like, you know, the game and stuff, that's when I really kind of started to figure things out. And, And that's when I decided that I wanted to get more competitive in it. And Played it. Started playing in tournaments, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's mostly what I did. Uh, my early years in high school, mm-hmm. you know, I just played Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff, and started going to tournaments like all over the city. Didn't really like travel very far at that time. Just mostly, just mostly like Manhattan, Brooklyn, etc., Bronx. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, other than that, though. Um, I was still actually playing baseball back then, but, like, uptown in my old neighborhood. So I would go after school. I would go take the train all the way uptown, like, probably like, about a 40-minute ride or so. Then I would, like, playing games, and then I would come back home. Um, But, yeah, like... um, Yeah, high school wasn't the best for me either. Like, like I said, my freshman year was good. Mm -hmm. I did pretty well in school. But then towards the end of... My sophomore year, I started to like lose motivation. Mm-hmm. I didn't really really want to go much. I would like start skipping school. Yeah, magic's then, more fun, right? Yeah. Or
0: baseball, magic. These um, other
1: not yeah, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't really into magic just yet at this point. Okay, um, but, but um, you're just not
0: motivated to go to class. Like, you are you just wondering like what's the point of it and all that stuff? Or
1: um, yeah, more or less, like, uh, it, it was, I don't know, cause it basically, uh, I just, I'm the kind of person that like, when I'm not very interested in something, I don't like, I don't, I don't, I kind of like, don't want to be told that I have to do something mm-hmm. when I have not much interest in it. Um, so that's kind of why I stopped. I started to like stop going um and yeah like you know uh i started learning how to play magic as well and then like i would also play Yu-Gi-Oh. but i didn't really stop going to school because of like card games at mm-hmm. all i just you know you stopped going to school like, because of school interest. right yeah 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 i just like lost interest in just you know going to school and all that so i would say that was mostly like my junior year was like pretty bad like my junior year, I would rarely ever, ever show up, and uh, let's just say my mom wasn't happy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think no mom is ever ever happy if uh, her son or daughter doesn't go to school, right? It's just one of these. Yeah, things.
2: definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what? What after? What happens after that? I mean, you you lose interest in school, and and then what happens?
1: Well, you know, I ended up. Uh, uh, they recommended I take night classes, just because they felt like that would probably be easier. Um, and it did. It ended, did end up being that way. Um, you know, like, you know, I didn't have the issue of like, you know, getting in late or so. Cause that's kind of how it started. You know, I would start like getting in late, and then, you know, and then I was just like not going at all. But with night classes, it was a lot easier, and you know, a lot of people there were kind of. on the same boat as me you know like I guess they they just weren't really very interested and maybe night classes would help out and stuff and yeah I I did that for like a couple of years and then I finally ended up graduating like I want to say when I was like 18 so I I guess age-wise you know it didn't really take me much longer than normal to graduate high school but You know, I just kind of took a different route.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, we all have different different paths, right? That's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So you graduated from high school,
0: and is that is that around the time when you started to get into magic, or did you like go do post secondary stuff? I'm just just wondering.
1: Yeah, no, because I I started, like I said, I started getting into magic, like for real, like in 2004, and I want to say graduated high school in like 2006. Around there.
2: Oh, yeah, like
1: six. Yeah, yeah. So i had already been playing for a couple of years. But um, like after I graduated high school, I didn't really have much interest in college, but my mom kind of wasn't about it. So I ended up enrolling in like the community college here in Manhattan. But, uh, you know, given my track record in high school, like college didn't go much better. And like that's and you know I quickly realized that, well I guess not quickly it took me like probably like uh, I want to say like two years or so. But college is not a place, well at least for me it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's not it wasn't really a place for me to be when I wasn't motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, like kind of like you know if you if you don't want to be there then you're just like not there. You know, like. No one, no one, no one's doing you any favors. There are no like, you know, alternatives or whatever. Yep. You're either you're either there to do the the work or you're not. And to be honest, like I wasn't even really interested in the major that I was taking. I I did accounting, but like mm-hmm. I didn't even really like. It wasn't like oh, I'm gonna go to college for accounting. No, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> like, it was like. Like my mom went in with me and yep. we were, you know, she literally like registered me for college and mm-hmm. everything up until like the last thing that she couldn't do for me, which was pick my major.
2: Yeah.
1: And I was there and and then the lady's like, Oh well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, Uh, I don't know, like I like math and then she was just like, No. She's like, No, well <laughs> how about I was like, "How about accounting?" And my mom's like, "Oh yeah, accounting." Cause, like my mom. Oh yeah, that my sounds mom, respectable. My, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like my mom, my mom did accounting. Like she went to school for accounting, but yeah. she didn't really, she didn't uh, really get a job doing that. But um, but yeah, like I was like, "Yeah, I guess that has numbers and stuff." I'm, I guess I'm about it, but I I really I really wasn't to be honest. And yeah, I just kind of I like I like, I stopped going to college because. You know, didn't really, wasn't really uh, motivated. Was like withdrawing from a lot of classes and basically like, I just my my heart wasn't in it. So I decided to leave. And like my mom realized that, and she was just like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're not like if you're not gonna really do much, then yeah, I'm not really gonna stop you. Yeah, um, she knows you, right? She knows where your where where your mind is at. Yeah yeah at that point at least but um yeah and that's kind of like when i started playing a lot more um so let yeah, me stop guess, you there
0: for a second uh yeah. so you did two years uh in accounting and uh by the way my mom also studied accounting and she ended up also not using it at all um i, I think she it was a big regret for her anyway <laughs> that's 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 enough <laughs> about my mom uh but there's some similarity <laughs> there uh and yeah. but i'm just wondering like in the two years that you did there did you meet any interesting people? Did you like? Was it was any of it interesting for you? Like other than just going to class, that that, that part.
1: In college, oh, yeah, yeah. Just
0: just while well, the two years that you 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 did you meet no. anything interesting or anything interesting Liter- come up? Uh,
1: literally no one. Honestly, um, just like I ran into a girl that I used to go to high school with, who I you know I was like, like in the like I want to say like my sophomore year uh i would say I, I was pretty close with her another girl um like i was, like in the first two years in high school I, I i i did have like you know good amount of friends but then after junior year when i kind of like disappeared like those friendships kind of like fell apart yeah and then i ran into this girl in college a few years later but um yeah like we didn't like our you know our relationship never really picked back up or anything and mm-hmm. You know, like, the people, because the thing is, like, the people at the community college, at least, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if this is the case for all community colleges, but the one, the one here in Manhattan is just, like, people didn't really, you know, like, no one really wants to be there, you know, it's kind of like, uh, the gateway to, like, other colleges, Mm. because I actually had, um, like, uh, yeah, forgot, forgot, uh, forgot to mention this, but, um, I was actually planning to go to John Jay, which is like a criminal justice school,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, criminal justice college here in New York. Um, and, I, and I got accepted, um, how, but I didn't graduate in time. And it took me like, uh, basically it took me like one extra semester to graduate high school. Um, and then when I came back, to john jay and was like hey what's up guys i got my high school degree what's good and they're just like uh no like uh you know you're like the i guess like the gpa was like raised or what like the requirement to get in was raised and so they couldn't like accept my deferred like
0: acceptance oh, damn. or whatnot that's, that's rough so they're yeah. like,
1: yeah you have to go to another yeah you have to go yeah you have to go to another another college to raise your gpa and then transfer over Okay. like, as I said, you know, like, those years in college didn't go very well. So So it's kind of like the minor leagues, like you're trying to make the major leagues, and then it's like a farm team or farm
0: system that you have to go through as a rite of passage. Is that kind of the right analogy? Yeah,
1: like, uh, like, yeah, like, I basically have referred to this place as a high school 2.0, you know, (laughs) not all the work, all the work was like fairly easy, but yeah. You know like just like no one really wanted mind-numbing work that you have to go through yeah and it was like you know some of the classes like like for, for example like english class like it, t- it took me a while to like pass english because I, I i generally dislike reading and writing mm-hmm. and my teachers weren't the best um i had one professor though like because it took me three tries to pass like the first english general and, but the third professor, I don't, I don't remember his name, but, man, he was just the best. Like, he just made the class super enjoyable. Mm-hmm. He basically just knew how to get everyone, like, engaged. And, like, you know, basically he knew. It's just like, look, like, people don't want to, like, talk about book X or whatever. They just, like, want to talk and write about the things that they enjoy. So he kind of, like, just found a way to get everyone to do things like that. Uh, which was great, and, like, he, you know, it's, like, whatever, whatever, like, the best, you know, score that we got, like, on a paper or whatever, like, that's what he counted towards the grades, and then, of course, like, the exams and all that, and, you know, I passed his class pretty easily, and then he had a, a set, he had, like, a, a class as well in the, like, uh, the second English, like, two, like I guess, English 201 or whatever, um, but, like, naturally, like, his, his like second english class like filled up pretty quickly
2: yeah
1: uh, cuz like you know everyone i guess who'd had him in like english 101 they all knew he was great so everyone like always tried to get him and then um so i ended up not getting in his class and when i got to english 201 i got a different professor and this guy kind of like basically he basically just like put the nail in the coffin for me mm. cuz like i like, i don't i don't remember his name either but Kinda of like the last straw with him was we had to write one day. He was like, "Hey, um, all right, everyone, write about something. Um, write about something that like you want to write about, like you know whatever." And I go, oh, "Okay, this is great." So I started like writing about games and stuff, and you know like card games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he like uh. I think, I don't remember if he, like, started to read out, like, read aloud, like, the, like what wrote or whatever, or he asked us to read or whatnot, or he read it himself, but he started, I remember he started reading mine, and he sees that, like, I'm writing about games or whatever, mm. and he was just like, he was like, oh, what, what is this? He's like, what, what is it? This 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 is kid stuff. No, you, you can't write about this. And, like, when he said that, I kind of, I just, like this is over i just was just yeah. like, huh, what
0: well i mean like I'm, I I'm done here? with this like, guy is this like, right. like, how, like
1: like 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 uh, like like you know like basically who 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 are you to tell me yeah you know what you know like what like something that means something to me like you know like you, you tell us to write about something that we want to write about or that we care about and then you just like kind of like just make fun of it or, you know, or trash or you like, like seriously yeah like yeah so i was just like yeah I'm, I'm i'm definitely done with this class so you know that was that and then yeah then i eventually like left college altogether and mm-hmm. i guess that's when the magic started you know
0: yeah yeah that, no, that's the nail in the coffin right no it's uh, yeah. it's it's crazy like to think about like how much of an impact authority figures have on us like it's not just our parents but also teachers right like for you you described like a really good teacher and a really bad one and the really good ones can really really change people but the really bad ones unfortunately can also change people so
1: (laughs) yeah it goes it works both ways for sure
0: yeah oh man that's uh but that's life right it's just we all have our ups and downs yeah
1: oh absolutely Yeah, yeah yeah.
0: so i guess i guess at that point you're sort of okay I, i can dedicate myself more to magic i mean and you said you played at uh, Forbidden Planet, was it?
1: Yeah, that's when I first started. So this is like back during high school. Uh, okay, so this it's been a number of years. Yeah. Yeah, and they had they had like uh, uh, tournaments or whatever, like a year tournaments. And then you know, meeting people there, they're like, hey, you know, there's this other store. It's called Neutral Ground, and it was actually not too far from where I live.
0: Okay, I've I heard was of like, that oh, one. Let's go here. I, I <laughs> I've mean, heard yeah. Of that n- one.
1: For anyone who has, I mean, yeah, like neutral ground, even to this day, like yeah, that's there the are people store. who there are people who you know weren't even around back when it still existed, but they have heard about it in some in some way. But yeah. it was basically just like the mecca of New York magic, you know, like yeah. it was the store, like that, like you know, ob- obviously I didn't know this at the time, but like. 'Cause especially like when I started going there, like not all these players were really playing there anymore. But like that's where like you know, like there like there are Hall of Famers that played there like back in the day, you know, like sure. John Finkel. It's, it's like Steve Madison Ola Square Bass, Garden for Magic. Like, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, it basically. Um But yeah, it was just to this day it was still like the best store I ever got to go to. And yeah, like
0: so, so tell me about that a little bit. Like, you, you went in there and obviously you just started crushing people, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, not quite. But, um, yeah, like, that's when I... Like, it was around that time that I started to take Magic more seriously. And I still played uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! alongside Magic um, throughout, like, the first, like, few years that I played. But uh, it wasn't until, like, I turned 17 that I really... That I decided to stop playing You Girl Together and just focus mainly on Magic. Um, and what
0: was the what was the Magic set back then? Like, did you start playing Constructed right away and and or Type Two?
1: Uh, um, yeah, a little bit. Um, like, uh, like the fir- one of the like the first like big tournaments that I can remember playing in was Darksteel Pre-release in two thousand and four and neutral ground they had like a midnight pre-release like they always had like the biggest midnight pre-releases like their midnight pre-releases were like 150 people on average you know and um yeah like that's kind of it's kind of what uh got me going in that um
0: so how did you I, i'm just trying to figure out when did you actually get <laughs> quote-unquote good like you, it must have taken a, a bit of time right obviously you're playing with uh really highly skilled players, you know, you're playing in a huge store with lots of player turnout. When do you think you actually kind of flipped the switch and went from someone who just plays in Magic tournaments to someone who is actually starting to win pretty consistently?
1: Um, well, uh, hmm. I would say so 2004, like that was like the first year that I ever played in a Grand Prix. And it was the first year that I played in a PTQ as well. I played in Grand Prix New Jersey, which was not too far from where I live, and uh, it was mirrored and block constructed. I didn't really know. I didn't even know there was a day two. I like started six one, mm-hmm. uh, and then like lost the last couple of rounds in kind of heartbreaking fashion or whatnot. But yeah, then like uh, a few months after that, I played in my first PTQ, which was a limited one, and I made it all the way to the top four, and I was you know I was pretty excited. Like like you know a lot of the guys who who I played with back then you know they were all like pretty happy they were like oh like like at first they couldn't even believe that I made top 8 and you know it was it, w- it was definitely quite the ride and I was just like oh man yeah I definitely want to keep doing this and then uh, it took uh, it took a lot longer than you know I had anticipated it would take for me to finally qualify for a pro tour but um, yeah like it's weird like for me there wasn't really, um, you know, there's no, there's nothing I could pinpoint to be like, there it is. That's that's when like my game got to the next level or whatnot. You know, like um, like being competitive and like having played like Yu Gi Oh competitively, um, I kind of was like competitive from the start in Magic, so you know, I guess I didn't really, like, have to go through like, too much, like, I I never really played casually, you know, like, the only thing, like, casual that I did, as in, like, not sanctioned tournaments would be, like, drafts, which definitely, like, neutral ground, like, and especially back in the day, like, there was a lot of drafting, and, um, yeah, like, um, drafting with, with players there was always good, and uh, I remember, like, I, I got like I got really close with like everyone who worked there, and you know I, I kind of like started to. I want to say I started getting better through like drafting with the players there, especially like the older players who, you know, they they might not have been like very competitive or whatnot, but uh, you know they had been around for a while, and just like learning from them, like, like people like like Brian David Marshall. You know, mm-hmm. who was clearly like a very big name in the in the magic world. Yeah. Like, I want to say he, he was like if I if I had to, like, say, like one person who kind of like. Like, and that's the thing, though, like there's just like infinite, infinite people that I've come across, mm-hmm. like from the beginning till now, you know, who, you're learning from everybody, uh, right? You're just, absorbing, you know, who all. Stuff. Yeah. Who all definitely played a part in me becoming like the player that I am today. But like I wanna say like overall like BDM is probably like number one because he he's the one who like got me like drafting with uh you know like the you know like the older players on Neutral ground and he eventually he's eventually got me uh, into like drafts with like at John Finkel's apartment, like with uh, like the really like old New York players and stuff. And you know, he's he's seen me come up from like the very beginning, you know, from like I was just this, you know, 15 year old kid, like kind of out of nowhere, like started playing like all the like Northeast PTQs and stuff, and then started going to Grand Prix and stuff all the way up until now, you know. So there's yeah. like one person that I would say, like kind of really helped me become like a better player i would definitely have to say it was him and what's he like as a person um i mean he's just great he uh you know he talks a lot and (laughs) he's a really funny guy and yeah like he he was always kind of like uh like i always kind of saw him as like a dad too you know like you know not not in the sense of like You know, like he—it's not like like he didn't like drive me places or anything like that. But like I don't know, like he was just always, uh, you know, I don't know. He was just always like take care of people, introduce you to people, and the yeah. You know, like he just kind of like took care of me. You know, like when I was growing up, and like and there was also there was also one other one other person that I would I would you know say was like that for me as well. And like, uh, um, I'll just call him Nieves you know, that's kind of, like, how he liked to be called, but, um, you know, he was also, like, one of the people at Neutral Ground who, he had worked there, and he, he actually, you know, he started, like, he, he's actually one of the old New York guys who played Magic, like, in the 90s and stuff, um, but, um, yeah, he wasn't, he, he never really, at least when I played, he wasn't much of a, of, like, a competitive player or anything, but he was also one of the people that I drafted with, and, he was always like pretty tough on me you know like he gave me that tough love but um you know he always like also looked out for me and you know always like made sure that like I never got into trouble or anything like that and uh, yeah I would say like yeah Nieves and BDM those are the two that like you know I say two like you know people I looked up to back then and really kind of like got me got me on the path to you know begin like you know becoming the player that I am now. That's awesome man and the only thing I know about BDM
0: really is the his podcast I mean he, he does that one with uh, Mike Flores and then they walk around New
1: York with lots of background noise and they just talk uh, did you yeah, see Flores? Top A Magic I yeah remember, Top A I Magic yeah shout out to Top A Magic yeah, ba- yeah definitely back in the day man like I you know I definitely remember like seeing those guys like Flores and them and uh, like I, I like they they had like an office not too far from Neutral Ground. I got to go there a couple of times. And oh uh, yeah, um, definitely one of the New York staples at least back in the day for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I still listen to it. It's just uh, I don't know if recently
1: if they're still doing it. But uh, did you did you
0: know Flores well as well?
1: Um, yeah, you know me and him. We we had some battles in the past. Like he, he actually, <laughs> I beat him in my first. And that, that first PTQ that I, that I lost in the top four, he was my top eight opponent, which I beat. And, like, a lot of people were surprised that I beat him because, you know, back then, especially, he was a very big name. And, yeah. you know, he had, like, played in Pro Tours and stuff like that, even though I, I didn't really know this, though, to be honest. Yeah. Because I was kind of just, like, this small child, like, you know. <laughs> you know it's just a uh, guy
0: you have to play just, against. That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But, um, yeah, um. Yeah, like, I, I, I knew him, you know, I, I knew him, like, well, like, I would say, like, we, we, we were never, like, super close or anything, but, um, you know, he was part of that same group with, like, Brian and all those guys. Like, he was, he's, de- like, when it comes to old school New York Magic, like, definitely Flores is one of those people, like, Flores, the OMS brothers, BDM, you know, etc., that's awesome,
0: man. Sounds like you've, you really uh, kind of grew up with some of the, the biggest minds in magic. Uh, but if I could ask you a question, uh, this is maybe a weird one. Did you have a nemesis or like an arch rival that like you like someone who would always like kind of just kind of always manage to beat you or someone who you competed hard against or you always wanted to get to his or her level? Did you have anyone like that to help you get better or to motivate you?
1: um like back then like not i want to say not really okay. um everyone was good i guess <laughs> um yeah like i mean you know there were a lot of people like I, I had a lot of friends uh who played and they were all you know trying to do the same thing as me as like qualify for the pro tour like we you know i have uh, i've been to countless ptqs uh over the years like all over like you know like like you know, we've driven, you know, about as far as you can go for, like, a PTQ, and, um... But, yeah, there, were never, there was never really anyone that I would say, like, you know, wasn't my rival or anything. Like, we were... Everyone was, like, pretty... Everyone was, like, pretty cool with each other, you know, and, like, we all were just, uh... You know, we all kind of had, like, the same the same thing in mind, is that, like, you know, like, prepare for these tournaments and, like, travel together you know, get better, etc.
0: That's good. It's, it's like being in a team, right? Like you want to all get better.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay.
0: Walk me through how you went from PTQs to maybe your first PT. Like what was that experience like, you know, qualifying for a PT and then getting into the PT for the first time?
1: Uh, well, so my first PTQ was in 2004. And my first pro tour was in 2010, so it took me a very long time. Uh, took me almost 100 PTQs and 20 Grand Prixs before I finally got my first, my first shot. Um, yeah, like then this is back when um, this is back when Grand Prix top 16s qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I didn't, I, like I didn't, I didn't day two a grand prix until my tenth one, and you know, like I had top aided like many PTQs over over that that six year stretch, but I could like never, could never get there. Like I lost like a couple of finals, etc. Mm-hmm. Then like towards the very end of 2009 is when they started doing the Moto PTQs, and the very first one, the very like first pt that they did them for was pro tour san diego 2010 and the way that they worked is kind of like how um the moto ptqs work now which is they had a they had a back then they had a i think it was a i think it was like a five or a six round like prelim and you had to like go i think it was six rounds and you had to go like five one or better to get into the actual PTQ.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I was able to do that, and it was it was like M ten limited, I think. Mm. And I made it to the I made it to the real PTQ. You know, I went five one, and then you know did well in the PTQ, made top eight, did the draft, and made it all the way to the finals. And this is after. This literally was the day after I was in Philadelphia for a Star City Open, like a 5K, which is like very, like pretty much the very beginning of the Star City circuit. So they were like still one-day tournaments with like a 5K prize pool, mm-hmm. and I had made the finals of that with uh, I don't know if you played back then, but uh, I had played this um, Boros. Boros deck, like Boros Bushwhacker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was like Goblin, Bushwhacker, Step links played a GOP, Fetchlands, etc.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And pretty much like played, I played, I played, and I made the finals of that, lost in the finals, like slept on a floor from like 2am to like 6am or 7am or so because I missed the last bus back to New York. Oh man. Got, got, got up at like 7 in the morning, got on the bus, Made it back home by like 9.30 or so. And then hopped into like that PTQ. You know, made it to the real PTQ. Yeah. And then lost in the finals of that. Oh, like That was goodness. my weekend. And it was <laughs> oh just... Oh, man. Just a roller coaster. It was, it was pretty brutal. Like, I had like no sleep. Like, uh, losing that PTQ finals like was tough. Um, yeah. Then after that, I was kind of more or less just you know kind of like getting tired really of you know trying for so long and not getting there Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I kind of I just like so going into like pretty much at the very end of of that year of 2009 like in December I kind of just like decided that uh I was gonna try one more I was gonna go for one more year I was like all right one more year I'm gonna try and queue for the PT, Mm -hmm. and if I don't get there, I'm just done, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And then it was literally a week or two later, and I won a Moto PTQ with uh, an extended with uh, Doran. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing about there's two crazy things about this PTQ. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, Well, three actually. The first being that. I was very lucky that Jerry T didn't break it with Dark Depths until a week later, because there's no way I would have won if that was. Okay, you found the deck.
0: tech. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that deck was broken. Um, two, earlier that morning, I, I was on. I was like on no sleep. I just couldn't sleep. The PTG started like at noon or something, and I was just like, I was like up all night, and then that morning I was like, you know what? Like, let me hop it an eight man. Let me just get some games in or whatever. Mm-hmm. I hopped an Eight man. And then... Uh, my opening hand... This is online. My opening hand is... The back of a magic card. And I was just <laughs> like... I was like, what is going on?
2: Yeah.
1: And then... I click on the card. Yeah. And it just like goes into play. And... When I hovered the mouse over it, it says that it's a swamp. And I was just like, all right, well, this can't be right. Um, like, you know, I'm not, I am not—I have actual swamps in my deck. Like, this isn't a swamp. Mm-hmm. I come to find out after the match that uh, it was a promo treetop village that was in my deck. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, there was like treetop villages from like Urge's Legacy. Then there were some from like 10th edition. And then there was like this promo version of them. So apparently the promo treetop villages were bugged. And they just kind of popped up as like backwards magic cards that were swamps. Mm. So, I after finding this out, I immediately go online. You know, I immediately like go and trade and find like non-foil, like just regular tenth edition treetops. And then, they played another eight man. Those are fine. I was like, okay, yeah. this is a good thing that I that I figured this out before, you know, before um before the tournament started. Then I played in the tournament. And made made top eight at seven and two. Yeah. And you know, ended up making it to the finals. And I was playing against a Zo deck with like Ranger VOS and stuff. And it's like the third game. Like and I was playing against I was playing against this uh my opponent's name. I had no idea who they were. Yeah. But you know, their name was pretty much every letter of the keyboard starting from Q. <laughs> if you're, if, yeah, but I, I think I think I think you might know who that is, right? Actually, I don't. You no, gotta I, tell me. I'm not a, I'm all, not right, a big all right, moral all guy. right, all yeah. right. But yeah, like like I, I had no idea who I was playing against, but uh, I still remember like you know the very last turn. Well, not well. I remember you know like there, I drew a J-Day in a very pivotal point in the game, and I was able to like take over. And then on the very last turn, I just like attacked with my Doran and my Noble Hierarchs. And I won the game and then I kind of just like fell off my chair Mm -hmm. and just, uh, you know, just kind of like lied, like lied on my back on the ground. Like my heart's like racing. yeah Cause you know, like fine, like finally, like this is like pretty much everything that I was, you know, everything that I was trying to accomplish. Yeah, you you did it. Yeah. (laughs) I finally got there. Like my moto starts like all these like chat windows start popping up. Like, you know, everyone's going crazy or whatever. Um, got like a lot of, a lot of support on Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I had a friend call me and he's like, "Hey man, yo, congrats, dude! I'm so excited for you." I'm like, "Thanks, man." He's like, "Dude, do you know who you just beat in the finals?" And I was like, "No idea who did I who did I play against?" He was just like, "Owen Turtenwald," and I was just like, "Oh wow!" <laughs> like, <laughs> only one know, of like, the best, yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You know, that was pretty cool. And I was on my way to my first PT and, you know, in San Juan and, you know, being Dominican, like Puerto Rico is kind of like our, you know, they're kind of like our cousins in a sense. So, like, it was pretty cool to to be going to Puerto Rico for the first time. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty special.
0: So what what was the actual PT like once you once you got in there and started playing matches? Did it feel very different from the PTQs or GPs or SCGs?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you get to see all these like pro players and so you know all the guys I've been like following. Like, I get to see all of them. Like I, I I had been to like a couple of pro tours before then, but never as a player. I went to like pro tour Philly in two thousand and five. And like when I was like a little kid, like asking Kai to sign my Voiding (laughs) Prodigy. And like I there was like the World Championship in two thousand and seven, which was like literally ten blocks from my house in New York. And um, you know, I that that was like the tournament where like Sam Black won the car and everything. They had like insane side events and you know, and like that was worlds. But then, you know, being as a player, like you know, it was pretty it was pretty cool. Um Well you never um yeah a little bit for sure um but like after my first match actually i I remember my first opponent my first opponent was adam yurchik and you know i ended up beating him and after that like i kind of after that match i was like you know what like like i can can play with these guys like you know we're, we're we're all we're playing the same game like it's not like you know like, I, I just got to focus on playing the best I can and just uh, just play the game. You know, like, I, I know, you know, I, I got here, like, everyone, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, like, had to earn their way here. And there's no reason why, you know, why I can't, you know, I can't do well this weekend. You you earned your so, way here as well. So that puts you on even
0: ground with the other guys, right?
1: Yeah, like, obviously, you know, the, the great players are the great players. But, um, you know... I just kind of like realized like hey you know they're we're all playing the same game and yeah let's just let's play some magic you know
0: yeah yeah so the first pt i assume you didn't do super well i mean you obviously leveled up just by actually getting to the pt but having played so many pts now do you think there was something that you have to change in terms of your mindset in terms of your preparation in terms of your Visualization, whatever it is, like I'm just wondering. Not ever having been at that level, uh, how did you level up or stay at that level? Now that you, now that you had a, now that you're a regular on the PT, like what what did you have to do, like and what did you have to change about yourself, if anything?
1: Um. Well, as I got older, you know, playing on the PT throughout the years, like, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, began to realize that. You know, I couldn't really focus so much on the things I couldn't control. And basically like I like it, it wasn't really until two thousand twelve. So like I had already been on the Pro Tour for a couple of years and I already had like a pro tour top sixteen and everything. But like I didn't have a Grand Prix top eight to my name. Um and then I wanna say like it was right after the low like pretty much like the rock bottom of not only my magic career but like my pro tour career i mean my my my. want to say like probably like my life as well um and i had just like came back from barcelona uh which was the last pro tour of the season and you know i had like some things going on in life that uh you know kind of had me really down in the dumps and it was kind of hard to play magic after that and that was pretty much like the closest I ever came to like, you know, like actually quitting, like just not wanting to play Magic anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like that week, I, you know, I um, I, that's what like I decided to like brew up a deck because you know I just needed to take my mind off some things, and and then you know I realized that like you know all my friends were going to be at the Grand Prix that weekend and. I couldn't, like, just not go. So that's when I went. I decided to, like, book a flight, like, a couple of days before. And, you know, I had a friend who definitely gave me some, you know, some words of inspiration. And just kind of helped me, like, realize that, you know, I kind of, like... like my, my Basically, like, he helped me get my mental game... Uh, to, into like the state that I needed it to be in to kind of like get the best out of myself. And that's pretty much like how that entire weekend was for me. Like I was just, you know, I went there and I didn't, I had pretty much zero expectations. I didn't care whether I won or lost. I just wanted to enjoy myself. And I wanted to try to play the best that I could. And I was ready to live with whatever, you know, whatever result happened, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And, like, normally, like, a lot of the people who knew me back then, they always knew me as, like, uh, you know, like, I was, like, generally, like, kind of, like, a negative person. You know, I'd always be, you know, like, blaming luck or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, like, expecting negative things to happen to me. Mm-hmm. you know sure like oh yeah of course I'm going to lose like or whatever you know things like that and you know like you know whenever I like would do well and like start to lose then I kind of would you know start to tilt off and stuff like that but like this tournament was different you know it wasn't it wasn't about any of that i kind of just like i wasn't really thinking about those things anymore i was just thinking about the games like the turns like kind of just like focusing more on the magic and letting everything else kind of just you know play itself out yeah just not worrying about things like that and you know it was definitely like you know to this day it's still like the mindset that kind of like brings out the best in me Mm -hmm. and that's how that entire weekend was for me of course I got lucky and stuff like that but um you know it was like the first time ever that I really felt like you know, like I just couldn't be stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, I just like, no, like nothing, nothing, nothing else really mattered. You know, all that, all that mattered was playing the best I could. And, you know, I, I was ready to live with whatever result, you know, came after that. Because, you know, if I lost, you know, that's it. Like, it's over. Like, like, you can't change that, you know? Yeah. So but um the thing is though clearly you don't want to get to the point where like it's like irrelevant because clearly you know something is at stake that, clearly that, right yeah, yeah something is at stake you care it's something that you care a lot about like like you know everyone who plays competitively um they they care they care about magic and they of course they want to do well yeah um so basically, it's really ho- it was it's been really hard to manage like the caring yet removing like emotion from the result. Yeah. Even though like you kn- even though that emotion is clearly still there, you know. Yeah. So even 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 since that weekend, um, it's still been like a long, you know, process for me like, growing up as a player and kind of, like, you know, trying to emulate that mindset as much as possible. Right. Um, because, you know, there, I would still, you know, I'd still, like, tilt off every now and then. Uh, like, I, I, I rarely do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's good. But, um, you know, it's tough because, you know, you care a lot and especially, like, when you've played for, like, many years. Like, kind of like like at least for me personally like i've kind of like you know been all in on magic for half my life you know yeah so that's why it was so tough for me in the beginning because like all i cared about was like winning and making it to the pt and stuff and i feel like in order to be a successful player um at least like when i look to when i look at all the players who have been as successful they have been like you rarely ever see them, you know, like tilt off or things like that. Or, you know, if they make a mistake, like, you know, it's it's a lot easier for them to to move on kind of right? get yeah. move on. Whereas, like, you know, especially for me, like and like, you know, I've also I've, I've said this for sure. And I know other people have said it. It's like, you know, you make it you're, you're like make a mistake, like a huge mistake. And it's like the worst thing ever. And then the rest of the game, you kind of just like, you're just like, you know, upset and you think about that mistake. And I've, I've even, I know I've said this myself and I've heard other people say it, but like sometimes people feel like, you know, like, oh, I like I, I made this huge mistake. I didn't deserve to win, you know, and a lot of people kind of like think about that kind of stuff in the game. And, yeah. you know, they, it, it's like you kind of just like mentally check out in the game. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly something that you can't do when you're playing but um yeah, you know it's it's been a tough it's been a tough road like getting from like the you know the beginning to where I am now but um I feel like uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm at a point in my life and magic that it's a lot easier for me to you know kind of like let, whatever happens happens and not like dwell on it too much and or stress myself out or whatever. So
0: it sounds like you're at peace with yourself.
1: Um yeah, definitely more so than before. Um but like, you know, I still obviously like I still care about magic quite a lot and like I said earlier I still want to make the Hall of Fame one day yeah. and Yeah, you know. I like that, I'm,
0: man. You you got goals and you're not like you're you might be taking it one game at a time but you're not bullshitting yourself you're not saying that these games don't matter they do matter you've invested time in it and all that stuff so you know like i think it's that balance right
1: yeah that's kind of like the balance that i you know ever since that that first grand prix win I've, I've tried to really like i try and get as close to it as possible like every time but uh you know like i said it's not easy you know when you care a lot but uh like i feel like like, um, like my mental game has been what has held me back the most since I got on the pro tour, like that's kind of why you know i you know haven't been a platinum player, or you know that's why it took me so long to top in a pro tour, et cetera, because you know I always felt like my mental game just kind of held me back a bit, yeah
0: so through this whole process, Christian, did you have? any mentor figures like i know you had mentioned bdm and folks that were there when you first got started but uh as you become a pro and you're playing these pro tours are there specific people who have been very meaningful to you who have helped you a lot along the way like supportive or mentally or think about the game maybe maybe in a at a higher level than you had before
1: um yeah absolutely i mean uh for starters i would definitely have to say like Uh, Andrea Mangucci, you know, he, he's pretty much like, you know, I would say he's probably, he's my best friend and definitely like my best friend in magic and say my best friend in life really. Like he, um, you know, like I I met him back in Hawaii in 2012 and yeah, we've just been really good friends since then. We've tested for a lot of pro tours together over the years. And, you know, like he kind of, he's definitely like helped me, like, take my game to the next level you know along with like all the other players who you know i've i've like tested with like I, i've tested with a lot of different teams in the last like uh you know in the last seven years like on the pro tour like i, di- I didn't mention this earlier but my my team for um for my first pro tour was i was kind of spoiled i uh i was on the same team as uh, john finkel Dennis V. Uh, DeGuris V. Moshewitz <laughs> Wow okay. Yeah, like it was it was a it Talk was about a, it the all star team. team Yeah, yeah, like I, I got to play I got to play a little bit with them But like not like the thing is like you know we more so like kind of like collaborated not so much like like it wasn't like the whole like testing house and thing like that Like you know like I, I, I like went to like John's maybe a couple of times I went to V's place a couple of times because V also lives here in New York um, but yeah, like I ended up having the best deck in the room for my first Pro Tour, yeah. which was uh Mono Green Eldrazi. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was definitely a uh, Beastmaster's Ascension. That was um you know one of the one of the best decks I've ever played at PT, that's for sure. But um yeah, just like you know, all the guys like uh, you know, Ben Friedman, Joe Demestrio, Alex Majeton, I mean Alexander Hain, like pretty much like everyone you know, a lot, of, a lot of the players that people know now, you know, mm-hmm. um I don't know, all these guys definitely have played a role, uh, you know, since I've been on the Pro Tour and like helping me get better. And, you know, and very recently, of course, like in the last year, like I got to, I started testing with MTG Mint Card. And, you know, I feel like those guys kind of like helped me really, like they helped me. Take my game to an even higher level, because mm-hmm. they're like they're all just like so good. Like Li Shi Tian, Jason Chung, Tomoharu Saito, um, Kelvin Chu. Like you know, all all, all the guys uh, on on that team, you know, Javier Dominguez. They just I don't know, man. They they're just all like it was. It's probably like um, the best team I've ever been on. Yeah. Just like every like it's like we're basically kind of like a family, and you know we all even though we all come from you know, various different parts of the world, like, you know, I would say that there's at least like, I don't know, maybe like eight or nine countries between all of us, you know? Yeah. Like we're all pretty scattered, but, um, you know, the whole, you know, the whole like testing process, everything, like, you know, it's, we, we've definitely grown together as, as a group in the last year and, you know, I couldn't be more happy to be a part of that squad and, I definitely I like look forward to, you know, testing more of those guys um, uh, over this next years. But um, so what makes yeah, a good like, team?
0: Like you've been on a couple, right? The one you have right now is obviously stacked and very diverse uh, in terms of nationality and, and people. But um, in your opinion, what actually makes a good team?
1: Well, I guess for, for starters, like you know everyone has to really get along you know like you can't you can't have any kind of friction that's for sure and not to say that we haven't had like you know our moments sometimes but like you know that would generally like especially like when it comes to the pt and like the closer it gets to the to the actual tournament you know like the stress level just kind of like rises like for everyone and you and you can feel it you know yeah. just cuz like everyone's like you know like people people usually don't like lock in on their choice like until like a day or two before so especially like the the longer that you go without being locked in like kind of like the more stressful it can get but um you know generally we, we haven't really had many issues um and yeah just um you know everyone getting along and enjoying each other's company like basically like people that you know you would want to like spend time with you know outside of the testing house you know like outside of being like a magic team you know like we're all we're, we're not just a team we're all friends um so yeah that's definitely very important and of course like you know having you know the same goal in mind like you know like because you know even like like i would you know i would say like obviously like uh even outside of the, the pro tour testing um you want, you want, like, a team slash network of people who, you know, we're all, you know, you're all there for the same thing, you know, whether it be, like, you know, trying to win a PTQ invite or, um, you know, trying to win a PT invite or, you know, trying to do well in, like, your local Grand Prix or whatnot or trying to win the PPTQ to get to the RPTQ, etc. like, pretty much, like, you want to have a group of people that, you know, are all trying to achieve the same thing because, you know, you know that way, like everyone, you know it matters to everyone, and th- they'll all be putting in their best effort to try and achieve it. Um, are you saying that there are
0: teams where that may not be the goal? Like maybe there are teams that say that they are out there to win the PT, but they're not really putting in the work, or they don't have the right value system. No, no,
1: no, no. Like, like I, I was just like I was just saying, like you know, in general. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I assume that, like, you know, you 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 know, you know kind of want to know, like, what makes, like, a successful team. You know what I mean? Because, like, especially, like, you know, like, you know, there might be people who want to get a team together, you know, like, somewhere, like, locally or stuff like that, you know, to try and get, you know, try and achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. Like, clearly for us on the PT, like, you know, we're all, we're all playing on the Pro Tour and we're all trying. We're all there for the same thing. We're all trying to do the best possible you know, we we want to win the pro tour. We want to put pe- people in the top eight, etc. And I'm sure that's the case for all the pro tour teams. You know, I um, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that like, you know, like there might be teams that that like go about it differently, but you know, everyone, everyone clearly is very invested, and I'm sure everyone puts in like their best effort to try and do the best they can for the pro tour and their teammates. Um no, yeah, I was mostly speaking just like in general, like of what kind of like what makes like a successful team, you know, like for anyone might be trying to, you know, kind of like do their own thing, like back back, you know, back home, wherever they are, etc. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, any team,
0: you got to have the same the same goal. And sometimes people have different goals and it just doesn't work, even if you're super talented. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and like, you know, it, like it was more so the same like, you know, when I was coming up, except that like, you know, it's not like the pro tour where you where like everyone takes off like, you know, a week a week plus in advance to like travel to wherever the pro tour is and get a house together and like, you know, pretty much like 24/7 for like, well, not 24/7, but obviously cuz you know, you got to you got to have a little break and you got to have some recreation time in between but like more or less like throughout like the you know seven plus days that you're there you know you know you're playing a lot of games you know you're drafting constructed etc like um so yeah like for the pro tours like there's a lot more there's like a lot more testing involved whereas like you know if you're like at home you know people obviously people have jobs like work etc um uh, yeah like uh, you know it might be a little tougher when you know you don't have like all this free time to you know kind of like prepare for that one tournament you know
0: yeah for uh, sure yeah uh, I gotta ask i wanna I wanna kind of get inside your mind as you're sort of playing in the pro tour I think it was emmonquette that you that you top aided
1: yeah that's the last one
0: yeah so obviously just from the outside looking in i was a huge fan of you um you know a lot of people rooted for you to to get there and you did and it was quite an emotional moment especially now having knowing that you know the person interviewing you bdm was someone who is so such a part of your your magic life you know like kind of can you just kind of walk me through what's what was going through your mind like as soon as you as soon as you got there and also the interview and when you that emotional moment, just just really trying to understand, you know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, so that match, um, I like I knew I knew what I was playing against. Um at that, you know, it was like already around it was round fourteen, so you know, and I knew like Martin, I knew he was playing the Genesis Marvel deck, etc. I knew you had like Chandras and all that. Um But like, you know, I had just beaten it. I'd beaten Mike Majors that round before. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, you know, like it was the first time that I was actually in like a winning in situation, like at a Pro Tour. I had always gotten, like, I got close a few times. Like, I, I was like 10 3 a couple of times mm-hmm. with like three rounds to go, but I had never gotten to like a winning in match. So. Did you feel you know, the pressure I was,
0: or did you, were you pretty calm? Um,
1: so, yeah, like. That's the thing, like you know, going in, like you know, you know, I was called to the future match, etc. And I kind of, you know, I just told myself, you know, what I, what I've been trying to tell myself, you know, throughout all the years, you know, since that like GP win, which is just kind of like, you know, just, just focus on the games, don't think about anything else, don't think about like, you know, I need to win this match or like if I just get there, like, you know, I make top eight or whatever, like just none of that, like. None of those pretty much like no thoughts should be entering my mind other than like how to best play, you know, the turn, make the best decision possible, you know, given given what I have. Right. So that's all pretty much that's all I was focused on uh going into the match and I wasn't thinking about anything else. I wasn't th- I wasn't really thinking about the moment, you know. I was just thinking about the games and uh, when, yeah, when I finally, uh, you know, when I got that last, you know, when I got that last, uh, attack step in and, uh, you know, Martin, like I saw, like, I remember, I still remember, you know, cause I actually, I even watched the match a little bit, but like, uh, towards like the end, like he had to like try and dig for like the sweltering sons or whatnot. And, you know, as soon as I saw him stacking a clue, I was like, okay, so he's probably trying to find a rap here or whatever. You know, kind of like, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he extended his hand, you know, like, it, it didn't really, like, hit me at the time, you know. I was just kind of mm. like, right, well, <laughs> like, all right, that's game, you know. Yeah. like You know, I started, like, scooping up my cards, et cetera, Like, like, um, took off the headphones, you know, wished him good luck, like I always do to all my opponents after the match. And, you know, kind of just, like, started to, like, gather my stuff and, you know, finally, like, got to take a a nice, like, deep breath or whatever, you know, because, obviously, like, you know, it was, you know, any time, like, playing on the PT, like, you know, it, like, all, all like the games get intense, you know, like, everyone everyone is playing on a high level, so, like, you you also have to be, you know, playing on a high level and, you know, trying your best to win, and, um, yeah, you know, there were, like, a few of my friends on the side and they were pretty excited, and, you know, I was kind of just, like, you know like calm and just kind of like get my stuff and one of them was kind of like hey man like you got to give me something like you know and i, I was kind of just like laughing like oh, you know <laughs> it's fine or whatever yeah and then like i got off the stage and people started congratulating me and then that's when it started to really you know that's when it started to like really sink in that Sink in, yeah you know, I, fi- I finally you know i finally got uh my first top eight and that's when like i started getting like emotional like Mm-hmm. You know, BDM gave me a big hug, Andrea gave me a big hug, like, you know, you know, a lot of people were, you know, coming up to me congratulating me and stuff, and, you know, it's uh, the whole, you know, the whole moment just kind of overwhelmed me, you know, because mm-hmm. it's pretty much what, like, since I got on the Pro Tour, that's, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I always wanted to achieve is, you know, get that first Pro Tour Top 8, and you know having played for as long as I have and then you know being like starting to like get into the conversation of like quote unquote best players about a top 8 and all that like mm-hmm. it was hard to like not think about that stuff as I you know as I got older especially like coming into this season when you know like I said like after Sydney which was the last pro tour of the previous season you know I had already kind of decided that I needed to kind of like cut back a bit on the traveling and the magic so you know i like i came into this season very well like knowing that it could be my last one and i yeah. could like very well like fall off the pro tour
2: yeah
1: and so like you know whenever i would start to like think about like oh man like am i am i like just gonna not you know am i gonna like end my career like never having top eight at a pro tour et cetera? like am i just gonna be like on that list forever or whatever like whenever i would start to think about that kind of stuff and like, you know it was, it was hard not to every now and then like i always kind of just had to you know like just gather myself and kind of be like dude what are you doing like 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 <laughs> like what's get a what, what are you thinking yeah 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 yeah, yeah ba- ba- basically just um but yeah you know like you know it was obviously it meant a lot to me it meant the world to me because uh you know i've given like i said i've given my you know, I've played. I've played play Magic for over half my life now. Um, so yeah, like you know, I kind of like needed a moment to kind of like get to get get myself together, and then afterwards, bDM's like, "Hey man, you think you'll be okay to do an interview?" And I'll be like, "And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be all right." <laughs> and, that, and that and then you know we did the interview and like I had my teammates there. Yeah. And then you know like obviously like uh, having BDM interview me, someone who you know has been there since the beginning for me. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, like, you know, having my teammates there and kind of like just uh, talking about like, yeah, you know, like getting getting to that point and like all the help that you know everyone is uh, you know giving me along the way. Then obviously, especially my teammates, like for this tournament, like mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's just like it's very apparent that like there's no chance that like I would have ever gotten there without them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just. You know, it was just, uh, just like, it was just very overwhelming, you know? And, uh, but I was happy that, uh, you know, I was kind of happy, like, they were there and cheering me at my name and all that and yeah. hugging me and stuff. Like, it was, it was definitely like, I would have to say, like, uh, you know, like, make, making the top eight and, like, having them there and, you know, that interview and then, like, finally getting, my name called to like go on to like the top eight stage, like something that, like, literally after every pro tour, I would always like watch like the top eight announcement, you know, and I would see like Marshall like call Luis Scott Vargas for like the millionth time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, like, I was just like, man, like, you know, I want to know what it feels like to be on the other side mm-hmm. of, you know, this, this, uh, this barricade or this stage, you know, like. Yeah. I want to, like, wa- like, you know, it, it was always, um you know, it was always one of those things I always think about. And then as soon as, like, the PT would end, I would always, you know, i will be like, all right, this next one, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, yeah, it was very, uh, I would definitely say that, like, all of that collectively was definitely, like, probably, like, the best moment of my magic career for sure. Was finally getting there and you know being on the sunday stage and getting to play for the first time and you know while my exit was swift you know i definitely uh you know i definitely enjoyed every moment of it and mm-hmm. I, I i was like like afterwards i looked and i looked back at the games and i was like man i could have done something different there <laughs> cause of like you know like i looked i saw like all the mistakes i made yeah um but it, it didn't upset me you know right like it you know, it was kind of just like, all right, well, I made these mistakes. And you like, learn yeah, from I
0: it. Did, it is what it is, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And, you know, now I'm just, you know, I'm just, uh, I just can't wait to, you know, get back, get back, uh, you know, have another chance to do it all again, you know, because yeah. that's pretty much what it is. Like, um, like the Grand Prix, they just don't really, they just don't really do it for me anymore. Uh, it's not <laughs> but, the same high, right? Yeah. Um, oh, it, it's just, it's not even close to, not even to the close, same, I you know, yeah. like, I, like, I feel like the Pro Tours just bring out the best in me, um, granted, like, you know, I've, I've had, like, some Pro Tours where I just haven't been there, like, mm-hmm. literally, <laughs> like, I would say, like, uh, I'll say, like, like, Sydney, like I said, Sydney was a rough one, like, I, I literally, you know, I, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I have no issue saying this publicly, you know, mm-hmm. but I literally, uh, I literally let Paulo Vitor Dama de Rosa take control of my turn with Emrakul when I had three lands up and a Dramokas Command in my hand at the end of his turn. Mm. And I just, like, let him take control of my turn, mm-hmm. you know, and he just, like, used the c- Dramokas Command, like, kill my Avacyn that was gonna flip, put a counter on his guy, just completely destroy me, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like... You know, like, unfortunately, like, I've had, like, those times where I just, like, you know, like, just mentally, like, I'm just not in it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's why I've said, like, my mental game has been what's held me back the most because, you know, like, there are times where I feel like the worst player in the room. And then there are times where I feel like the best player in the room, you know, that's all kind of just, like, my mindset going in. To the match, you know, and and it can even be like, like, uh, you know, I'll play like the worst match ever. And then like the very next round, I'll play like super well, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like, it's just always like a constant struggle to like, you know, kind of like stay focused and, you know, not let anything outside, you know, outside of the game kind of like, you know, kind of like derail my, my, um, you know my train of thought as I play and stuff, and yeah, it's um, yeah, you know, like it's um, it's a grind, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to put it, you know. That's it's why they call
0: grind. it grinding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, um, it's you definitely had kind of ups and downs and kind of roller coaster. Um, you also have confidence too. I I feel like you've been very uh good at being showing the kind of the humility, but. I was reading something that you said um, about your strengths as a drafter uh, you know for for the mothership site where you said mm-hmm. you know sometimes you said maybe I'm the best drafter or sometimes I feel like I'm the best drafter. I'm just wondering, you know when you're at the top of your game like where where does that confidence come from I guess I guess you're at the top of the game because of your confidence, right but where does that confidence come from you think
1: Well, I mean, I've told this to a lot of people, but it's just like. For me personally, like, you know, playing all these tournaments and stuff, like I know I'm not the best player, you know? Like I don't think anyone in the world would say like, oh Christian Khan, he's the best player in the world, you know? But, you know, like the thing that makes magic great is that there is variance. And not but not only that, clearly like skill is a huge is a huge part of the game and that's why, you know, we see like the same The same people all the time winning events. Like, you know, like, Peace Garno just won, like, their, you know, 100th, like, team Grand Prix this last (laughs) weekend, you know, like, etc. But, yeah, like, every tournament I go to, like, there isn't a tournament that I don't play in where leading up to that tournament, um, like, there isn't a tournament I I, I play in that I don't, like, think about or, like, envision myself, like, holding the trophy at the end of the weekend, you know? Like, I always, like... I, you know, I always like feel like I can win. And you believe it, right? Yeah, cause that's the thing. Like, if you don't, if you don't believe you can win, then you know, you're generally, not like, <laughs> generally speaking, you're not going to, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, you you know, I feel like you gotta believe that you can win, and you just gotta, you know, you just gotta play the best that you can. Um, and when it comes to to limited. Uh, like limited is kind of like what has pretty much like like i've pretty much made my my career off limited like uh, i feel like in my opinion like drafting specifically is kind of like what it's like the best way to get good at magic because everything there is to know about magic you can learn through limited Yeah, you know so it's so Uh, raw right yeah you know like Deck building, mana bases, sideboarding—you know, just combat, like all the key things um, to playing like a good game of Magic. You learn all those things through Limited. You can play aggro decks, you can draft, you know, control decks, mid-range decks, etc. Like, you know, it's not—it's not—it's not like in Constructed where you know you're like locked into a specific strategy or you know, like you're playing a specific matchup, etc. Like that that's not that's not how limited works you know granted like you know matchups are a thing and like mm-hmm. you know forcing our types is a thing in certain cases but um generally in limited like you get to see it all and you know it's like every 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 draft every game it's just kind of like it's like a new you know it's like an, a whole new experience and mm-hmm. that's why like i i've always um been so um you know, I've always been so attracted to Limited and that's why it's you know draft is my favorite format by a mile. Um and you know I always focused a lot on it. And you know, if it wasn't for for my if it wasn't for my abilities in Limited, you know, I don't think I would be on the Proto for as long as I have been. Mm. So you know, that's why I'm always I'm always uh you know, pretty excited for like the draft rounds and drafting the best that I can and playing the best I can. And, uh, like when they announced the draft master race last year, that's like something that really meant a lot to me. Cause I felt like, wow, like if there's, if there's any, you know, if there's any realm where I make it to worlds, yeah. like this is like, this is my, you know, Willy Wonka golden ticket right here. You know, like, yeah.
2: like
1: that, that's my, that's my way to the big show. And, um, you know, like, I felt I felt a little short last year, um, but, you know, it was fine. Like, I, I was happy to have made it, you know, all the way up. Like, pre- pretty much going into the very last draft of the Pro Tour, I still had a chance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when it comes to, like, you know, something like the Draft Master Race or whatever, to start the Master Race, you know, other than actually winning it, you can't really ask for much more than being in it up until the very end, you know? Yeah. and. Going into Kyoto, um, I'm in like I think I'm in tied for like third or fourth right now in the draft master race. So while I'm like I'm a, I'm a loss and a draw behind. Uh, I believe I believe it's either Martin or Travis. I think Travis is in first. Mm. Travis Wu. Yeah. So you know a loss and a draw. Clearly like you know it's it's a two match swing, but you know anything can happen. You know there are six rounds to go in that. So you know I'm just gonna go in. Look to draft the best I can hopefully you know go 60 yeah. the best chance possible but you know whatever happens happens and yeah I'm definitely excited to finally you know play, play in that playing that last PT of the season and see where I end up like you know pro player status wise you know worlds maybe like but 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 it's not like before like I want to say like the first like five years on the PT mm-hmm uh making platinum was or you know getting to like the highest levels making platinum etc that's kind of like what i i i wanted that like super bad like i wanted that you could even say i wanted that more than like even a top eight Mm -hmm. um like they're like they're like like you know saying that you're platinum like basically like that is like the highest like status you can get you know Mm -hmm. clearly like outside of like you know like, like, it's like, you know, like, like be, basically, like that's like as close as you can get to being like, a, like pro magic player, where like you're getting paid to like, play in these events, etc. You mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, everyone uh, in their
0: circle knows what that is. There's like a instant kind of uh recognition of what that is, right?
1: Yeah. So um, yeah. Um, after so two seasons ago, was Vancouver. was the last pro tour of the year and i had won my second gp like uh, a few a couple months before and that had brought me to within one pro point of platinum Mm -hmm. and i had something like four to five grand prix's and the pro tour left to pick up one pro point and in vancouver i I ended up like i ended up uh, falling short in the grand prix's i was like one game away in one of them and then a couple of rounds in another but um yeah, I just like couldn't didn't get there, and it all came down to the pro tour. And uh, I started five one in the last pro tour. I was doing pretty well, mm-hmm. and then like the just like you know the wheels could not have fallen off any harder. Like, I, <laughs> I lost I lost five matches in a row, and was literally like you know went from five one to five six, and was pretty much now playing an elimination match. For the last like five rounds of the tournament to try and like hit platinum to win like this uh, you know to get that last pro point and um, yeah it was like unfortunately in the last in like it was in round fourteen mm-hmm. uh, you know I ended up losing and I took it I took it pretty tough you know like it was. It was really hard hard on me just because of, like, how much I've invested, like, money, traveling, like, you know, countless hours, like, on planes, going to Grand Prix, in South America, Europe, et cetera. Like, just going all over, just trying to chase this dream of becoming Platinum. Um, And, like, it was funny because it was just, like, clearly, like, the money, obviously, the money mattered, but the money was kind of just, like, uh, you know. It's like a validation, right? Yeah, it was kind of, like, but, like. You know, like the, making platinum was a like validation, whereas like the money was just like, all right, well, here's all the money that you spent last year trying to actually get this. Yeah, you, know? you can recoup it. it yeah, was yeah. Kinda, yeah, but um, yeah, it was it was just really tough. And, you know, after that season, I was just like, OK, like, all right, you know, we'll see. L- l- let's see how this next season goes. And then, you know, going into Sydney I, like pretty much after sydney which you know a full year later and i ended up finishing with like 40 pro points that year um which you know was good enough for gold but like nowhere near platinum because platinum was like 50. yeah and then after that you know that's when you know like i said like all right gotta like figure out like my future and like you know i gotta get like my finances straight etc and pretty much like this was the first season where like platinum you know just wasn't really that like that big a deal to me you know i um and of course like we had that whole you know pay the pro shenanigans oh yeah you know yeah. a year ago <laughs> that that was yeah. rough but um, that was rough yeah like you know that kind of also like left a little doubt in like the future of you mm-hmm. know like the pro players club and like yeah it's not going to get any yeah. better right there like, there, there like were people talking about, like, oh, maybe, like, there won't be a Pro Players Club anymore, like, after next season or whatever. So, I mean, that plus, like, you know, like, all, like, the financial issues and all that stuff. I was, you know, pretty much coming into this season, I was just like, yo, like, it's just, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't really, like, I'm not going to stress myself out over trying to get platinum. You know, like, I, I've, like, sold my collection so many times over. Mm-hmm just to, like, try and, like, travel to Grand Prix and stuff, like, chasing pro points. And that's the thing, like, throughout, like, the bulk of my career, mm-hmm. um, that's all I ever did was just, like, go to Grand Prix and chase pro points, trying to hit platinum. And it just kind of added this unnecessary, like, high level of stress. And, and, and that is, like, what made it kind of feel like a job, you know? Yeah. It was, like, going to all these Grand Prix, like, where you know oh man like i need to go 12-3 etc get mm-hmm. this this many points etc cetera, etc cetera. like at what point is like, it
0: at what point is it not fun anymore at what point is it like it can't just be a game it can't be pure you know that kind of thing right
1: yeah basically because it's just like when when you go into a tournament like at least for me uh, like going to a tournament you know with like the mentality that like i need to you know win this many matches like this needs to happen like i need to win this point to lock up this status or whatever like that's when like you know the stress just kind of gets to be too much and you know like the results affect me emotionally and mentally a, a lot harder because you know it's like if i get that third loss it's like, oh, man, like, I need to win out now if I want to go 12-3, you know, like, things like that, you know. And it's just like, for me, it just, like, kind of puts me in the worst situation possible to play my best Magic. So, you know, I realized, like, I, I can't have that anymore, you know. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, like, Platinum, while if I'm a Platinum this year, I'd be ecstatic, you know. I would love it. I'd be very happy. I'd be very proud of that accomplishment. But, like, I'm not going into Kyoto thinking, like, oh, I need to, like, go 12-4 and make Platinum or, like, you know, to make Worlds or whatever. You know, I'm just going there. I'm going to meet up with my teammates. We're getting there, like, actually a week ahead of time, like a week ahead of the time of the Grand Prix. Uh, So I'll be there for, like, you know, two and a half weeks or so. And yeah, I'm just gonna enjoy myself. We're gonna do some sightseeing in Japan, have some fun. Like Japan's like one of my favorite countries in the world.
2: Yeah, that's um,
1: great. You know, and uh, just like do the best we can, prepare for the tournament, and then I'll play in the Pro Tour. And I'm just gonna do the best I can and Don't
0: see. Don't stress see yourself where out I end too up. Much,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Just basically, I'm not really gonna think about like the results and all that. And I'm just gonna, you know, do the best I can. Hopefully. Um, it, if if i if i make it in the end like that'll be awesome if if i get another top eight like clearly that would be like incredible but um yeah i'm just like none of that is really on my mind all i'm thinking about is just you know enjoying myself out there and uh you know do the best i can this last pro tour you know and uh see uh see where my name my name ends up you know at the once the standings go up you know
0: yeah, let the chips fall where they may, kind of thing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Speaking of chips, right? Yeah. Chips. Speaking of chips. Yeah. We got chips, man. Nah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like after this season, I'm uh gonna. Uh, I'm gonna try and like uh get more seriously into poker because that's something that uh I can see myself doing uh after magic and have you been playing that,
0: for playing poker for a while or like studying it kind of
1: thing yeah like I, i've played since i was like 16 uh you know i i got into it like after watching like david williams uh oh
0: yes magic player make, make, pro.
1: Make, yeah yeah make make the final table you know like i just heard like this magic player made like all this funny playing poker i was like, magic player like, what's going on here you know <laughs> But uh, yeah, like uh, you know, I I like poker. Um, I guess like part of the reason why I still really enjoy it is because I haven't really, you know, it's never really been more than just like, I a guess hobby, like a hobby, right? a hobby. Yeah. You know, like even though like you know I I, I play like seriously and like when I, when I do play I, that is, uh, you know, I take it seriously and like I do my best try and, like win money, etc. Yeah, you know, I've I've done well sometimes. I've done. Pretty bad other times, (laughs) but um, um, I've never you know really taken it like seriously like I have magic. I've never dedicated the time or like finances to it like I have for magic. So you know, and I and I, I believe that if I do do that, like if I do like invest time and the money, um, into that, I do feel that uh, I could hopefully eventually um, you know uh, become successful at it Mm -hmm. and. Having, like, been through all I have in Magic, um, I feel like it'll be, you know, it's like I won't be, like, starting, you yeah. know. It will help you, like, right? Uh, like it Like, I won't be starting at, like, level one, you know, like I did with Magic. Like, yeah. I feel like it, it'll be easier for me to deal with um, the swings and stuff like that. And granted, like, you know, like, there is, like, a lot of money involved. So, clearly, like, I've never been, like, uh i've never been like affected by that by those kind of like negative swings before like you know there's losing like three rounds of magic in a row to like not like you know top eight a tournament and then there's like losing like three thousand dollars in like a month and it's just like oh man this is the worst you know yeah. so um clearly like that's something that like you know if i do end up like going like seriously at, at it that like that's something that i would have to like mentally prepare for is like the swings and all that stuff but um I'm hopeful that uh, you know I I, I'll, I could end up being successful, and I'm, you know I'm excited to like you know take it uh, seriously uh, for a change and you know kind of see what happens because while Magic is great and I love it and I think it's the best game ever, um you know like the top players in the game just uh like for for the amount ima- for basically for how good the top players in the game are. Um, the rewards aren't like at least the financial rewards are not you know are very not commensurate
0: high. or proportional to <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah yeah especially especially when you look at just about every other you know sport or gaming like uh you know games etc like you know Hearthstone yeah uh, League of Legends etc yeah. like all those guys you know they're making a lot of money and you know like magic is trying to you know they're somewhat trying to go in that direction you know and i say somewhat only because we're only really seeing like a really like huge um tournament in the sense of like the world championship this upcoming year because um, you know we're, we're gonna have like for the first time ever we're gonna have a tournament that awards you know six figures to the winner mm-hmm. like that's no that's something that's never happened before in Magic. Um, so that'll be exciting. Um but the thing is like you know, that's only for there's only gonna be twenty four people in the whole world that are gonna have a chance to, you know, you know, call themselves world champion at the end of that weekend right. and like win a hundred thousand dollars. But um so yeah, and it's like you know it's clearly like there's nothing I would say there's nothing harder in the game right now than to like make it to that tournament you know yeah cuz like cuz i like, there you know you have to have like incredible results for a whole season on the pro tour or you have to win a pro tour so it's like you know getting you know getting 50 something pro points and or like winning a pro tour these these are all very difficult things to do in the game and that's why like you know every year like the world championship is always like a stacked event you know like just the best of the best and you know it's very apparent why so um yeah but i'm hopeful that like in the future magic um will get better in that regard
2: mm-hmm.
1: especially like because because i mean the main issue is like like the pro tours um like they've had this price pay off for a very long time now and um you know, compared to, like, you know, how Magic is now. Like, Magic is just – it's insane, like, how much bigger it is now than it used to be and how much money it makes. And, you know, we're seeing, like, record-level, like, attendance at Grand Prix like, in the last, like, few years. Um, so, yeah, it's, like, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a shame that the – support the prize support doesn't match what you know at least like most pro players like and other and other players like feel that it should be Mm -hmm. but um you know it is what it is and maybe in the future if magic became like a more reliable source of income or like you know becoming a pro player like is something that like more than you know a select few could actually do then maybe I could see myself, like, playing, you know, a lot more again. But, yeah. Um, yeah, for now, I kind of, like, I have uh, I have some debt that I'd like to uh, kind of be done with. <laughs> to um, erase. Yeah, but,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, like, the Pro, Tour, the Pro Tour topic definitely helped in that regard, but uh, I still got a little bit of ways to go. Yeah. So, yeah, like, going forward, like, that's um. Like my top priority is getting getting rid of the rest of my debt, and then, you know, trying to see uh, how um, how well I can do in the poker world, and mm-hmm. you know, see if that's something that I can sustain long term. And yeah. but you know, I'll definitely still be playing magic, and you know, I'm I'm, gold, I'm 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 guaranteed gold for next year. Mm-hmm. So I'll be playing all the pro next year. I'll be playing some grand Prix. I'm gonna try and pretty much make it only limited ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but because those are fun for you
0: and you're good at it,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like for me, it gives me the best chance to win, and I enjoy it the most. Yeah. You know, I don't have to worry about like getting cards or anything like that. I just kind of show up, you know. Show up and crush. <laughs> see, see what the magic, see what the magic gods give me, and yeah. then like go from there. You know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of like my plans for for the future and magic and life and, yeah, yeah, try and figure out, uh, you know, where I'm going to be in five years and stuff. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I'm super happy for you because, like, you're obviously you're self-aware. And I think self-awareness is knowing that everything in life has a opportunity cost, right? You're obviously very good at magic. But every minute that you're playing magic or thinking about magic or stressing out about it, it's a minute that you're not spending on something else, and uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's I not def- easy. I Just agree. by the way, it's not easy being t- Tom Dwan either. So <laughs> he might, <laughs> you he might know, be a millionaire, you, know, oh, but, you yeah. won't.
1: You, you you actually you you might think I'm trolling you right now, uh-huh. but especially because like you know we had mentioned how we were going to talk about basketball and like poker, sure, etc. Yeah. yeah. But what if I told you? That I played basketball with Tom Dwan. <laughs> Worlds collide, like, right? We're talking to a magic like,
0: player who played with a poker player basketball.
1: <laughs> yep. Like, How did yeah, because um, there was actually um, so. Um, ba- uh, I want to say a few years ago um, when I would play like basketball with um, you know like uh, the uh, old like New York guys like Finkel and those guys, there was this one player who played with us. Um, whose name is david Benefield, Mm -hmm. and he he's actually like a pretty successful poker player and i didn't really know it at the beginning um just some dude but i yeah yeah i realized after and then there's one day where like you know where you know there's like a game set up for a sunday and look in the mailing list and like you know like people would be like hey yeah like i'm in yeah i'm in to play today or like hey i'm in plus one so like you know sunday shows up and like Dave was like, "Oh yeah, I'm in plus one." Okay, cool. And then you know, I, I'm like there. We're like there's like four of us, and like we're like waiting for like Dave and his friend to show up. Yeah. And let are like, taking some shots, and then you know, uh, they, him and his friend roll in, and then he comes up, and then I, I look at I'm like, I'm like no way. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, it's like hey guys." I'm like, "Oh hey, what's up, man?" He's, he's like, "Um, Tom, nice to meet you." And I'm like. I'm Chris. Nice to meet you, man. <laughs> like <laughs> like basically like in my head like all I'm thinking about is just like don't be that guy. Don't be that don't guy. Don't talk about yeah. Don't talk about poker. Like not like and it's funny cuz like, you know, I'd watched like so many like videos of Tom Dwan, yeah, like, like high stakes, stakes poker, poker, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Like, you know, he was kind of like a, you know, definitely someone that I became a really big fan of. Yeah. Uh watching, you know, like all those shows and stuff. But, like, you know, I thought to myself, like, all right, let me think about things in his shoes. Here's this, like, millionaire poker player who just showed up with his friend to play some basketball. Mm -hmm. I think the last thing he wants to do is talk about poker. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I pretty much, like, you know, I never, like, brought up, like, the fact that, like, I knew who he was or, like, whatever. You didn't do the stealth selfie um,
0: or anything like that?
1: No, uh, no no there were yeah there were no selfies involved for sure <laughs> okay. and um no yeah we just had a good game we had fun and yeah and that was that was that and then what's his never game saw like him again how, how, what describe to me he's pretty Tom good game. he's pretty he's pretty good he man he's moves? like yeah i want to say he's like six one maybe or so really? six well like that tall no yeah yeah he's he's definitely he's definitely pretty tall and uh He's got a strong pass, man. Like it was, it was tough to handle that one of the, one of those plays. But um, no, yeah, he was he was pretty good. But like Dave, Dave is also like insanely good. He's like probably like, one of the best shooters that that showed up to the games. Mm. But uh, no, yeah, it was um, you know, I don't I don't really play basketball those guys anymore. Like the whole, the whole like crowd, the whole like basketball like New York crowd has changed, and like I don't really know many many of the people that play there anymore. So like, mm-hmm. you know, it's been. It's been a long time since i played but um you know i still enjoy it and uh, i'm actually i'm going out to las vegas in a few days yeah uh to like hang out for a week play some poker uh you know enjoy july 4th there um and yeah like a lot of a lot of the guys in vegas they play so i'm gonna i i didn't get a chance to play at all um for like when i was out there for the grand prix a couple of weeks ago but i like you know i'm making it a mission this time <laughs> that i will at least play basketball one time yeah. just because you know like i'm not like a good basketball player by any means but you know I, I have a good time it's a good exercise and i like to shoot the ball so what's
0: what's what's your game like like what do you pattern your game after like is it is it mellow All right, so, is it
2: is it like
1: so, what's your oh, no, so so yeah um so basically i can't dribble the ball okay i can't i can not I, I can pass And I can – like, basically, like, I'm, like, the cash and shoot type guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, basically, like, you know, not – like, Steph Curry, like, I was a pretty big fan of him going into the NBA. Mm -hmm. Like, I saw him playing college and stuff, and I really liked his game.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, like, uh, yeah, now, you know, that's kind of, like, my thing, you know? I'm either going to try and find the open man – or if, you know, if people like don't respect my jump shot, then, you know, you got to keep them honest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll just like be out, be out there waiting for that open three, you know?
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, man. So, uh, I mean, I promise I would talk about this very briefly. So we have to talk about it, even if it's like for a few minutes here. Uh, yeah, sure. Are you a Phil Jackson guy or not? Like, is he, should he be uh, running the show?
1: Is should Porzingis? So like, I got I I to get your I was, take on that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I was I was pretty, you know, I was optimistic when they when they got him like a few years ago. I was yeah. just, oh wow, like Phil Jackson's coming yeah. to the Knicks, Zen to master, that. yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, like when he drafted like Porzingis, yeah. like people were like booing, like boo, and I'm and I'm just here saying like who who is this kid? I have no idea who he is. Everyone you know, thought he was gonna be a bust. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you know what it is like. I guess like ever since like Darko Milicic or whatever, like all those years ago, like, you know, yeah. people always are weary of like you know the tall like. You European know, European, dude. yeah, basically. But uh, no, I mean, clearly, like Porzingis has been, you know, insane, and you know, took New York by storm, and he's the future of the Knicks now for sure. Oh, yeah. um, and then, I mean, clearly, like I'm not a big fan of, you know, how like the whole mellow situation worked out. Like that was pretty, that was pretty rough to to follow. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I i i was like i was excited like when they got mellow and everything but i feel like i i would love to see him like win a ring Mm. and i'm not sure that like he'll ever get to you know have that chance in new york so so i would like um i would like to see him you know hopefully go somewhere else and you know, end up getting that ring one day. So, but yeah, when Phil, when they let Phil go, I was pretty, I was pretty surprised. But at the same time, like with all like the, you know, all the craziness going on and all the like trading Porzingis talks, which are like insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I wasn't too surprised. And um, yeah, when, uh, when the draft happened and they drafted this kid from France, I was just like thinking to myself like, man, like. Oh, the point guard, know, right? Like yeah, I was like, here we go again, another random Euro, but um, no, like I actually recently, like like a day or two ago, I looked at uh, some of his highlights. No, and he's got skills, man. That kid, that he's, kid looks insane. He's, he's a sleep- I think he could like, be a real sleeper. Like he, I mean, he's like, I don't know, he he looks like, I mean, this might be you know, ambitious to say, but like he kind of looks like another Giannis in a way. You know what I mean? Like he's just like a big dude and he can he's like a two-way player plays the point guard position well mm-hmm. like you know just uh he can shoot the three shoot the mid-range he could drive to the basket you know he plays really wh- good defense like yep. i was you know i was pretty i was pretty impressed so i like i'm kind of hopeful to see uh to see like what happens with the Knicks now well, and they've the, got to they've
0: got to keep Porzingis now, right? I mean, there's like they've, oh, they let yeah, Phil yeah, go. Yeah, I, was, I mean, I was actually surprised a little bit that they let Jackson go because, like, James Dolan's been known to be pretty loyal. You know, like he, despite all his faults, he's very he he usually he usually holds up his end of the bargain. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. But but I think in this case, it's like Porzingis is just this extraordinary talent like maybe once in a decade like I really think he's on the same level as Giannis as in like this is somebody you need to build a franchise around you know like yeah, I argue with my friend all the time like I think Porzingis is ready to be a superstar my friend disagrees but I, I think he's got the potential he's got all the tools you know
1: oh yeah no I think uh, he's definitely a man on a mission this season and um, he's obviously only getting better and now that he has uh, you know Frank and you know I think I assume Melo will Will finish out like uh, this next year because I think he becomes a free agent after yeah, after this probably. season. So, him, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I think you know it'll be fun to watch those three guys like play play together one year and see you know see how they go. It's like I I think I think I think uh, if this kid is as good as he looks, uh, then I think I think we'll, we we might end up seeing like the next sneak into like the eighth seed or something. Yeah, we'll no, it could
0: very well be. I mean, the Knicks need. Uh, sorry to rag on you, man. I know you're a Knicks fan, but the Knicks need any good news right now. They need to like make the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> they Need to actually rebuild, not dick around. They need to. They need a lot right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, I'm a Bulls fan, so I mean, that's that's even worse. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, what? anyway. Oh. Speaking of how, what do you think about that kid that 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 they drafted? Yeah, uh, Lowry, uh, McKinnon. Um, I've seen his uh, some of his game footage, like the, the the draft express stuff. He looks really good, uh, and I'm not just being a Bulls homer fan by saying this. I think yeah. he could really do some stuff. I mean, when I first heard they drafted this guy, he's a seven footer who can only shoot. Uh, and, and score, I was like, well, we already have Nico, we already have uh, Zipser, like, we have guys who can do that. Uh, we don't need another guy like this, but I don't know. I, I just I just have my problem. I don't have a pro- any problems at all with the draft pick. I just have my problems with uh, the Bulls management, uh, you know, Gar Foreman and, and, and Pax, and, you know, basically they're kind of like the hedge fund manager who um, stinks their hot shit every year. They make, like, a lucky... Move every now and then, and they think that's that validates their existence. Like, it's really, <laughs> you, you know what I mean, right? It's like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know, man. The only thing I was really wrong about last year was Rondo because my, I mean, dude actually came alive for the playoffs when he actually gave a shit. But, uh, other than that, I pretty much last year was, uh, was a complete, uh, to excuse my language, shit show. And, uh, it's yeah. gonna, it, I, I just want to see the Bulls fully rebuild. They were just kind of like being in the middle, um, you know. I could go on on and on about the bulls, but don't don't let me do that. Like I, you know, like <laughs> it was really it was really bad to see Jimmy go, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, it, I have high hopes for the for the draft pick.
1: So yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah seems good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really, I really, uh, I really. That's the thing that actually keeps me in the game right now. Honestly, is just like being able to talk to players and the community. Like when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I never obviously made it to the same level that you did as a pro player, but I used to be all about winning and stuff like that. And now I just the only reason that I'm in magic, even remotely, is because of the friendships and knowing people and being able to travel and all that stuff. So. Oh, yeah, that
1: that's definitely, you know, that's definitely had been has been a huge part uh, for me as well, you know, and it's helped me, you know, kind of like keep doing it for as long as I have. It's like all the all the like the friendships I've made, like all the people I've met, um, you know, like, like the fact that like any, just about any major city I can go to, I'll know someone there like through magic, like there, there are very few things, you know, in life that can really like, you know, give you something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you know, like I've, I've had, like, I've stayed at friends places in Costa Rica, like Paris Mm -hmm. You know all parts of the states, Japan, etc., Canada. Like, you know, it's uh, your best friend is literally located across, like, halfway across the world, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Andrea lives in uh, Italy, in uh, the east, the east coast of Italy. Mm-hmm. But and I still, you know, I still have to visit him one day. Uh, that's definitely like something I want to do in the future. But um, yeah, it's just like it's kind of incredible how um, you know, magic just. You know, it doesn't. It just like magic is kind of like a universal language. You know, it just like, you know, even even like on the pro tour, like there often, you know, there are times where like you'll play against someone who just like literally doesn't speak a word of English, but you guys both know what's happening, and you guys are both like, you know, a part of this experience that like even if you guys can't really communicate with each other, you're still like, you know, you know, you're still playing the game that, you know brought you there
0: that to you that love. Moment, you know yeah yeah i mean i i see it too i mean now that i live in china i mean you know try watching a chinese player play with a japanese player like they don't have no common language not even english it's it's pretty amazing yeah
1: yeah yeah word
0: yeah yeah no um, uh, i i really enjoy talking to you um uh, that's that's why i love doing this because it's a generous generosity of the community like i i appreciate your time i'm super grateful that you you did it. Um, you did this, and uh, you know it's taking time out of your your
1: life, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, yeah, I appreciate it as well, and thanks for thanks for having me. It was pretty fun.